Hey, this is Women's Soccer Spotlight, a podcast featuring the stories of women playing, coaching, and working in soccer. I'm your host, Sam Weber, and the goal of this show is to contribute to the ongoing dialogue about gender bias by highlighting inspirational stories of those who have forged careers in women's soccer and exposing unbelievable moments of discrimination. This week's episode features three-time Olympic gold medalist and World Cup champion, Shannon Box. bit of a unique story coming onto the national team um making it at a little bit older age and not necessarily growing up like in the youth national teams and being directly plugged into it uh so talk a little bit about the first world cup team you made and just the story behind that um well yeah my guess my national team career started pretty different than a lot of other people um i was you know 25 26 years old and had been playing in the wsa and um playing professionally in that way, but um, had never really gotten that chance. I'd been kind of in camps in the U-20s, but never made a team um, and actually had tried out uh, for the national team two years before uh, in 2001 and didn't make it again. But, you know, I went away from that really excited just because I felt like, okay, there's some things that I really need to work on, which was fitness. Fitness was a big one. And so kind of committed myself the beginning of 2003 uh, to really getting fit. I had got traded to, you know, the New York power from the San Diego spirit. And, you know, I, I had something to kind of prove. Um, I was kind of pissed that, mm-hmm. that I got traded. Uh, I felt like I wasn't wanted anymore in San Diego, more so than that New York wanted me that much more, you know? And so right. that was kind of my mindset at first. And I had to switch that, you know, I had to switch that mindset because I was kind of in a negative spot. And, um, you know, I met somebody that, that really, you know, said that you really do have potential and I, I can get you fit if that's what you want. And mm-hmm. so I committed myself to whatever he told me to do. And it was really great. And I also had a great conversation with Tom Sermani at New York. And I realized that he went, he really did want me, you know, mm-hmm. and it was more about that than really the other coach letting me go. Yeah. So I kind of turned my mindset at the beginning of that season, the correct way and that was kind of where I learned that, you know, it was, you know, it's always better to be positive, um, and, and see the better part of that outcome. And, and it helps you just move forward, you know? So, um, you know, that season kind of started and I had so much fun that season. I really didn't think about the national team. Mm-hmm. Um, I just really enjoyed being a professional athlete and playing the best of my ability. And I learned that as well that season. I mean, just so many lessons were learned so late in my career of just enjoy yourself and, and the things that you learned are going to come out a lot better because you're not stressed about how you're playing. You're not stressed about how many touches you're getting or how many passes you've messed up. Um, and so I did, I excelled really well that season. And the funniest story about getting called into the world cup team was we were in the dining. Oh, we were actually at our meal on an away trip and Christy Uh Rampone um, you know, comes up to me and goes, Oh my God, are you so excited? And I'm like, excited about what? And she's like, Oh no. She's like, you haven't looked at your email. And I go, no. I'm like, why would I just be looking at that all the time? And she's just like, you need to go and go look at your email. And so then at that point I'm like, well, I figured it out. I'm getting called into the camp. And so, um, you know, ran back upstairs, saw that I got called into camp and this is camp right before the world cup and it was in San Diego. So it was kind of the end of the season. Um, we were going to be done in New York cause we didn't make playoffs, but, mm-hmm. um, 
you know, um, I was like, okay, so I was super excited, you know, and, and really ready and just super fit and ready to go. And, and I remember actually driving home from New York and Abra Heinrichs called me and, uh-huh. you know, kind of let me down a little bit. She was kind of <laughs> like, well, you know, we just really want you to come in just to see what you can do. Mm-hmm. You don't really have a chance to make the world cup team. Uh-huh. Um, but you know, we really want to, you know, if you do well, we'll call you in early next year. Yeah and get you in for maybe the Olympics. Ooh. And I was kind of like, okay. And was like, bummed me out. But in yeah. the end, I think it was the best thing that could have happened because I went into that camp and just had no fear because yeah. I was like, I'm not making this team anyways. Like <laughs> I'm just going to play. And that was kind of how the mindset I had that whole season anyways. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I remember going out and really just enjoying myself and having fun and, there's little, like, I could hear little whispers from, like, kind of the veteran players, like, wow, dude, she's doing awesome, like uh-huh. that. Or, and I was like, okay, that was, like, a really yeah. big build up. You know, I was like, okay. Yep. And um, I even remember, like, we had a fitness thing at the end of practice, and April had kind of said, oh, it's optional. Well, as you learn on the national team, optional means you do it. <laughs> yeah. And, but at the time, I was like, oh, I'm not making this. Okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to do it because I want to, and I'm uh-huh. fit, and I'm going to go. But, you know, if I need a break or rest in the yeah. middle of it, like, no big deal. So I think I took, like, one run off and uh-huh. then jumped back in and did it again. Like, no way in the next 12 years of being on the national team would I ever have done that. <laughs> so I thought that that was kind of funny, too, of just that's how loose I really was being in camp. And I wasn't nervous. And yeah, I think that's what a lot of players said they saw from me. And I know that's what April saw from me is that she's just like, you seem like a veteran already at that point, even yeah. though you weren't on the team. and. Yep. I think that's kind of one of the things that really uh, intrigued her about me. But um, so, yeah, so then, you know, I was told I wouldn't have to have a meeting at the end because I think that they were like, you know, we're going to pick the team after this camp. And, you know, I was like, oh, I probably won't have to have a meeting. And so I lived close by. I was like, you know, is it okay after this game if I just drive home? She's Uh like, well, we kind of want to meet with you and just let you know how you did. And I was like, okay. Yeah. So went into the meeting with, again, zero clue. Um, that I was about to get named to the team. And she said, you know, you've really done really well. We see that you would fit in this team really well and named me to the team. And I was like, say what? (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah. So it was, it was really fun. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just really enjoyed it. And, and the world cup was kind of that same way, you know, everything just kind of kept falling into place and, I thought, oh, let me see if I hopefully get a minute or two in each of the next couple games before the World Cup started. And I, you know, started in, in both and yeah. scored in both. Yeah. And then the World Cup came and I started in that game and just went from there. Yeah. I I love that story. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it is one of the most inspiring uh, stories from the national team. Um, and it's I love hearing you tell it every single time, too. <laughs> So, I mean, it's kind of like a storybook, like, beginning, I guess, uh, in some ways. I mean, it was really hard to get there, but how it how it happened is just right. such a unique story. Um, but your whole career hasn't necessarily been a storybook. You've had a lot of injuries and serious injuries with surgeries and things like that. Um, so talk a little bit about kind of maybe an example of one of the injuries, like how it happened, and then just the mindset and what it takes to come back and recover. Um both physically, but I think more mentally, probably, um, yeah. especially coming back from a surgery and trying to get back to that level. How did you do it? Yeah, I mean, I think if you talk to any national team player, there's so many obstacles they've faced in their own stories. And, 
injuries or, or other little things that have happened through their life that start to cause, you know, some issues on the playing field. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you realize through all these things that your love of the game is so important because that's what kind of brings you back. But, um, one major injury was my MCL ACL. I just had Mm -hmm. come back, um, from a hip surgery. Um, just, I had torn my labrum before it was a simple surgery out four to six weeks. Um, and I was out about six to eight weeks just to make sure it was off. It was 2006, I think. So it was not a, you know, desperate time to get back fast. And Mm -hmm. so kind of took my time to come back in my first training session with the team. I don't even think the full team was there. I think some of them, the starters had gotten the day off and, um, was coming across the box to finish the cross and, um, you know, went to shoot and planted my foot. Nicole Barnhart, uh, was the goalkeeper at the time and <laughs> kind of came around and, and went to save it, but kind of kicked her legs around and kicked the back of my planted mm-hmm. foot. And immediately I knew I'm like, something just happened. I'm done. Yeah. Like, and just the, you know, the emotional toll, I think I was more upset, not by the pain, but by the fact of like, I'm just going to have to go through this again. Yeah. You know, I just went through a surgery just had come back and here I go, I'm out again. And I knew I was, I was bawling and I'm like, I did it. My knee's done. My knee's done. Like, and they were like, well, no, not yet. You know, let's see. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of pain as well because it was my MCL. I mean, I tore it in half. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, they went on the sideline and checked my knee and all of a sudden you hear the pop and there's my ACL as well. So to kind of have ACL, MCL, meniscus tears, um, is a big thing. And, you know, my biggest fear was like, could I play again? And mm-hmm. the doctor was right away was like, yes, you can come back from this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, okay, but it's going to be a long haul. You're gonna have to have two surgeries. <laughs> you know, you're going to be out seven to eight months. Um, you know, the world cup is not till another year, but yep. again, that's pushing it. And, um, you know, so at the beginning, of course you feel bad for yourself and then, you know, you get through surgeries, you get through all that and, you're watching the team play and and you're watching, you know, someone kind of take over your position. And I think mentally that was more difficult than the physical piece because the physical piece, we've done it for so long, you know, and we know how to train our bodies and we know how to push through pain and that stuff. And so that it was became routine. Mm -hmm. It was the mental piece that I had to like really focus on of, you know, stay strong. I'm going to get, you know, am I going to become a starter again? I'm going to have to work my way there, you know, and, and, that stuff or, or can I even run, you know, when I first started running, I remember the first day I went to try to run Mm -hmm. and how I couldn't even remember how to run. And I was like, how am I going to get back to the professional level? (laughs) Uh I can't even remember how to run Yeah, because I don't think you ever thought about it as a kid. And then as going, you know, as you grew up and so having to take those little baby steps was very different and difficult, but, um, you know, came back at the beginning of the year in January And, um, you know, my knee still wasn't a hundred percent, but I was out there training hard and doing all the things I needed to do and getting fit again. And I made that world cup team. I (laughs) wouldn't say that I was a hundred percent. I think, um, probably at that year mark, which was right at the world cup, I finally was like, Oh my gosh, I feel like myself. Yeah. And, um, but you know, that was kind of the year I think 2007 was a rough world cup for everybody. But, um, I think, you know, I looked back at that year and say, no, you know what? I mean, I was able to make it back, but I wouldn't say that I was a hundred percent compared to when 08 came and I was like, okay, my knees yep. back to normal. And, um, so yeah, so that's a major one that I went through and going through that, I think, 
made me realize like I could get through anything. And, you know, after that, I started to get diagnosed with lupus, which Mm -hmm. is even more of a, you know, I think because it wasn't, it was physical, but man, that was definitely something that really scared me. Yeah, definitely. And scared me for my future of my life, not just soccer. Like, would I be able to keep playing soccer? But is that the best choice for me? Yeah. Um, and having to make that decision, like, am I, by playing now, am I ruining my chances of running around with my kids later? Right. Um, so, yeah. So I went through a lot of that in 2007 and 2008 as well. Yeah. How did that experience of coming back from that knee injury a year later, making the World Cup team, um, help you come back for this last World Cup in 2015 after having uh, your daughter, Zoe? Uh, and kind of getting fit and, and doing that one last push, um, before retiring. I think the summer around, I never doubted it. I'm like, I've done this before. It's like, okay, you know, and it it made me never doubt going into that surgery, knowing I needed it. Like I could have tried to hold off and I could have, but it just wasn't feeling right. And I'd rather be closer to a hundred percent than playing, you know, half-assed because my knee hurts so bad. So Um, it was, it was a lot easier this time around going and realizing I need the surgery, getting through the surgery, but I was older, you know? So my mental state was like, okay, this is easy. I can get through it. And then as I started going through it, it became, wow, this is actually more difficult. Um, because I was dealing with the fact that I was coming back from a baby as well and having a infant, you know, traveling (laughs) with me and that stuff. So it did become more difficult. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm very privileged and lucky that I had the respect for my coaches to give me that opportunity to get back. So many people don't have that chance, you know? And so again, it, some of it's luck, some of it's the respect that I've gotten from all the years of being able to come back from injuries and adversity before that. I think these coaches knew like she, this girl's pretty tough. She's going to make it back. Um, so I think having that mentality that they knew I had, was a huge reason why they were willing to give me that yep. second chance. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was more difficult this time around. I mean, my knee still isn't a hundred percent. I'm still going to have surgery on it. Yeah. Um, I'm sure all of us are not going to be walking when we're 60, but <laughs> medical advances between now yeah, and then. Yeah, exactly. I'm hoping for them. I right? really am. I'm, I think the majority of our team is hoping for that, but yep. things you do on your body just for something that you love, you know? Yeah, definitely. Talk a little bit about meeting uh, President Obama and just after the World Cup, just the celebrations and the recognition and and all of that. What was it like to be in the room with him and hearing him kind of talk about your win? Well, just after winning the World Cup, I mean, just the amount of love that we felt throughout the United States was crazy. I mean, mm-hmm. L.A., going to the rally, seeing how many people showed up for that and being my hometown. The the ticker tape parade is still probably one of the coolest things I've ever been a part of and mm-hmm. probably ever will be a part of. Um, the ESPYs was on last night and it just really made me reminisce about the year we went last year. And yeah. I'm like in love with that show now, you know, <laughs> just because I really experienced it live. And yeah. Um, But yeah, you know, obviously meeting President Obama is a huge feat. I mean, not everybody gets that chance to be in a room with him with, you know, maybe 20 other people. And um, I just really have appreciated like how he has always stood by the women's soccer team. I mean, Mm -hmm. you see photos in 2011 of him and his daughters watching the games in Germany and just Mm -hmm. always cheering for us and getting tweets and those things. So it was really fun to kind of meet him in person and realize that he is pushing for women in sports and girls in sports and keeping active. And so 
to meet him in person. It was quick. You know, yep. he comes by and gives you a shake of the hand. He's a busy man. Yep. But um, I think I really, truly enjoyed actually going into um, kind of the main room and just hearing him speak. And he's mm-hmm. he's just personable, you know, and I think that's what you don't think of a president. Mm-hmm. And he just was. And, um, you know, to have I can't even remember the little girl's name that came up and spoke, but yeah. he recognized, you know, this little girl and how she wants to fight for the same things that we've been fighting for and be trying to be role models all these years. Mm-hmm. Um it was a really cool experience. Yeah. Who was uh, the most inspiring female athlete that you know, or who is? Oh, goodness. I feel like I've gone through so many different people. I mean, I'm almost 40 now, so it's like <laughs> it's changed. But, you know, um, very beginning was my sister, has always been my mm-hmm. sister. Um, four years older than me, you know, she was the first person that I saw that said, I don't care that I'm a girl. I want to play this because I'm good at it. Mm -hmm. And I don't care if I'm surrounded by boys. Mm -hmm. And that was how I started playing sports. Well, mom, it doesn't matter that I'm a girl. Like I just, I want to play on this team. And my mom was like, okay, you can play on this team. (laughs) And you know, boys would be on the team being like, why are you a girl? Why are you doing? I'm like, I'm I'm better than you. Uh Like, you know, I had that mentality. And so my sister played football. She played, you know, she played baseball forever. Um, she was just my first one. And then, mm-hmm. you know, you look at, you just look at all these, I mean, right now, look at Serena. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. She is just a specimen, you know, and mm-hmm. just, uh, and I love her quote, you know, she said, you know, she got asked, is it, is it great to be the best female athlete? She's like, I want to be the best athlete. Yeah. And that's the mentality that girls have to have is that, no, I'm not trying to be the best girl. I'm trying to be the best athlete. Yeah. And I, I hope media starts to realize that, you yeah, know, sure. that, there's no difference. We want to be the best and it doesn't matter girl, boy, you know, and of course are there differences between men and women and and how fast we can run and those things, but accomplishments and what we can do. Yep. There's no difference. Yeah, absolutely. How involved have you kind of been in just supporting, uh, promoting the women's game and you know, you're really good friends with Abby Wambuck who's been very vocal just won an SB last night for her work on and off the field, uh, in that realm. Um, how important is that for you to be part of that, uh, now that you've retired and like continuing on to be part of that? I think being part of growing the game and growing, you know, obviously equality for pay, equality opportunity. And for me, it's mostly equality for opportunity. Yeah. Um, equal opportunity is the, one of the bigger things for me. Um, but you know, I'm more of the quiet type. Yeah. Abby's going <laughs> to speak out and, and Alex Morgan's going to speak out. And, and I love that because we need that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to kind of be one of those ones that's kind of on their backside and, and helping them do that, but doing it actively. I've always yeah. been that way. Um, being a leader on the field is what I've always been more known for than being, a, you know, vocal off the field yeah. and showing how I want others to play and to act and to, you know, hold themselves and their character. So I think that's going to be the way I continue to do things, um, be active in that environment. So, you know, right now it's starting with young girls and, and boys. Um, you know, we talk about equal opportunity. So we have this camp full pitch soccer Academy that Abby, uh, Christy and I have started. And, you know, this first camp we did was all girls, but we don't intend to keep it that way. We want Mm -hmm. an equal opportunity for boys to have that same experience with us. Um, and so I think, you know, it's starting there of teaching them the game, but also teaching them off field stuff, you know, of how they handle themselves and how they can be successful on and off the field. Yeah, definitely. 
Well, and watching you guys do your first camp, uh, I mean, it was just incredible to watch you guys go from playing on the field to then coaching kind of the next generation and even the the kind of conversations that were happening while you guys were watching game film with players. Um, just you can tell that you love the game and you love investing in younger players um, and building up great leaders on and off the field, um, which came through. Yeah. But what was your... It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun to do that first camp and yeah, it's very different than most camps. Getting in the classroom, I think, was a huge success. Getting a lot of feedback from the kids that they really enjoyed that piece. And, you know, technical piece is going to be huge in the U.S. You know, you see that on the national team. That's what where they're improving so much. Um, but it's the tactical piece, too, that we all three realize is why we were able to stay on the team for so long. We understood the game, mm-hmm. understood what we needed to do to change our game yeah. to continue to be the best. And that's what you have to have that mindset. You can't be stuck in, well, this is how I play and this is what I do and, and that because you're going to get overrun, yep. you know, and, and I think that those are the things that we can keep, but we all three have that same character too. We're, and we're all very personally different. Mm-hmm. So it's kind <laughs> yeah, of fun to have us all three there because we all have three different stories, three different views, but we all are successful. Yep. So it's just showing kids that there's not one way to do it. <laughs>